Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie, and I'll be your host as always. Today is episode number 17, and it's Monday, January 25th, which means it's a mixed drink Monday. Were you paying attention last week when I told you what today's topic would be? Today, we'll be talking all about scotch. Why? Well, one, it's delicious, but more importantly, or less importantly, depending on how you feel about scotch, tonight is Robbie Burns night. Uh, so, starting off, what is Robbie Burns Night, you ask? It is the annual celebration of the birth of Scottish poet Robbie, or Robert Burns. Uh, today would be his 261st birthday, so he's quite an old poet. Um, and we kind of celebrate his birth because of everything he gave us. So, who is Robbie Burns? He is regarded as the National Bard, or Poet of Scotland. He was one of the most prolific writers and you probably know some of his works as well. Do you sing Old Lang Syne at New Year's? Well, that's a Robbie Burns poem and a song. It was written in 1788. Uh, the song My Love is Like a Red, Red Rose, Robbie Burns, just covered by a whole bunch of people. Uh, so he wrote the poem, it was turned into a song, and then obviously now we all know it as a very popular modern song. Robert Burns was also one of Scotland's most famous tax collectors um, back when it was illegal to produce scotch yourself in your home. Um, so he actually charged people taxes and confiscated illegal stills, which is what makes it really, really funny that we celebrate his birthday by celebrating with scotch. And Robert Burns himself also was a very prolific scotch drinker. So kind of a dual dual personality there to him. He started as a tax collector, though, and then as his poetry took off, he became a full-time poet. Uh, so now, after the year after his death, um, his friends gathered to celebrate his passing, which was in July, um, and they originally gathered for this big feast on his, the day of his death. Uh, and they did that for about five or six years until somebody discovered some old parish records in Ayrshire, Scotland, that gave his actual birth date, which is the 25th of January. So they decided they would, to celebrate his birthday with a party as opposed to his death with a party, and thus began the tradition of Robbie Burns Night. So traditionally, Haggis is piped into the party. Uh, the Robbie Burns poem, Ode to the Haggis, is said, much scotch is drunk. Several more poems are read, including... Um, one to the lads and one to the lassies. Um, sorry, lassies first and then the lads. And then the night traditionally ends with a singing of Old Lang Syne, which is great, except for the fact that most people have had a fair bit of scotch by that point and maybe not the greatest singers in the world. Um, so Burns Night Supper is very traditional. It's a big thing in Scotland. Here in Nova Scotia, um, we celebrate it a lot. Obviously, Nova Scotia is a direct translation meaning New Scotland. So there's a lot of uh, Scottish ancestry here in the region. We celebrate Robbie Burns Night just about every year. Um, it is actually a bigger tradition here than something like Guy Fawkes Night, though that is a big tradition as well. Um, so let's jump on in. All right, so now that we know who Robbie Burns is and why we celebrate his birthday, let's take a look at Scotch. We're going to take a look at different regions, their stylistic differences, and the basics of how all scotches are made. 
so let's start with the basics of how, how all scotches are made. Much like champagne can only come from the Champagne region of France, scotch must be produced. So malted, distilled, aged, and bottled within the borders of Scotland. At 77,910 square kilometers, that's a lot of space for 133 distilleries. So those stats are according to the Scotch Whiskey Association. Um, and they're the ones that kind of register all of the, the distilleries and figure out who is where and doing what. Now, fun fact, the association notes that there are 22 million casks or barrels of scotch maturing in and around Scotland as of December 2020. So as of just over a month ago, there or just under a month ago, there was 22 million barrels of scotch being aged with most the most common size of a whiskey barrel being 195 liters. It's a whole lot of whiskey waiting to be drunk. And these barrels can lay down for anywhere between three and a hundred years. They can, it just depends on what they're doing and how long the distiller thinks they should rest before they're blended. All right, where do we go? So even with the difference, so even within the different regions, there are, different Scott styles of scotch. So um, we all like to think that there's just single malt scotch, but there's actually quite a few of them. We have single malt, which like I said, is the one that we all know the most. Single grain, blended malt, which is the least common, and straight up just blended scotch. Uh, blended scotch is the one other than single malt that we probably know the most, at least here in North America, for sure. Uh, all of these distinctions are clearly labeled on the label. It is law that they say right on the front label what kind or style of scotch that they are. Um, so other than single grain, which uses column stills, all other scotch whiskeys are produced with pot stills. So a uh, pot still is that graceful rounded still with a long curved neck. Uh, we call it goose neck because uh, it looks like the the long flowing neck of a goose that bends and kind of reaches out. Um, pot stills only work in batches. So you put in the wash or the base spirit. Remember we talked last week that we use fermented grains, then distill that for the spirits. And it vaporizes. So as it boils, because you're going to boil that wash, it becomes a vapor and the alcohol separates from the water and the rest of the mash. And what isn't light enough or pure enough, can't make it into the neck, falls back into the pot and gets redistilled. So it gives you a very uh, clean distillate, but it still has a lot of character to it. It doesn't necessarily vaporize at quite as high um, a degree or temperature as using a column still. A column still is the kind with that tall reaching column on the top of the kettle. So the kettle is the bottom, that's the part where you put the wash or the mash in, and then it has a tall skinny column. Well, they're not skinny, they're about anywhere between 6 and 12 inches around, so not very skinny column coming up. And they can be several feet tall, they can be several stories tall, just kind of depends on how pure you're looking to get. So basically for a column still, you can have it um, in kind of two different ways. You can have one that works in batches um, or you can have a continuous column. So basically the wash goes in, it gets distilled 
it achieves a higher percentage because uh, the plates in the column allow for heating and cooling and heating and cooling and that allows for a purer and purer vapor to rise up through the column. And then you can just add new wash into the kettle for the next boiler distillation. So you kind of have this continuous mash in the bottom of the kettle and some obviously comes out so that there's space but you don't have to take all of it out and clean in between like you do with a pot still. So a bit of a difference there just stylistically in how we're making them. Um, so most scotches see two distillations uh, but with a column uh, still it can just be one in order to get the um, alcohol by volume that's required or it can be triple distilled which is more common in lowland scotches than it is in highland or island scotches. Um, triple distilled, also a very big thing in Irish whiskey. So there's a bit of a difference there. But all scotches must spend a minimum of three years of aging in barrel. So the age that you see on a bottle is the age of the youngest scotches that are in that bottle. So a blend that says, say, 10 years on the bottle the youngest spirits in that bottle are 10 years old. There could be some that are older. There could be some that are, say, 15, 20, 30 years in there. But nothing that is under that 10-year age. And like I said, everything has to age for a minimum of three years. Uh, those barrels that you are aging in can't be any larger than 700 liters. And those would be um, pretty uncommon. Like I said, for the most part, it's 195 liters. Uh, one, due to availability, because you can buy... X bourbon, X rum, X scot sherry, X port, uh, all of or even X wine barrels, and use them. So 195 liters is a much more attainable size. Other general rules: uh, it can't be distilled above 94.8% alcohol or 190 proof. It can't be bottled at a, an alcohol by volume of lower than 40% or 80 proof. Now. For each specific style's rules, so we have those four styles that we were talking about earlier, they each have their own specific rules around them. So single malt must be made at a single distillery from only water and malted barley. So to make malted barley, they take barley, steep it or soak it in water, which starts the germination process. After a few days, the barley is kiln dried to stop the germination, so we just want it to start to... Uh, wake up and it'll start to create sugar. Uh, usually this process is all done in-house um, and the guy or gal who does the malting has an essential role in, in creating that distillery style. And there are distillers out there who believe that the malter is just as important if not more important than they are because ultimately it's the malt that drives the flavor of the, the whiskey. Now single grain whiskey is water, barley, and one other cereal grain. So think wheat or corn or rye, but only one of them. So you can have either water, barley, wheat, water, barley, corn, water, barley, rye, but you can't have more than one. Now, blended malt, like I said, they're the least common. So um, I've never seen a blended malt before. I'm not sure that you can really get them. You definitely can't get them in Nova Scotia. You might be able to get them some other places in um, North America, but you definitely can't get them here. They're a blend of multiple single malts from possibly multiple distilleries. There's very little information on how these are made, so I'm going to say they're probably losing traction and kind of going by the wayside. 
Um, they kind of sound like what we would call an infinity bottle. So where you t blend a bunch of different whiskeys together to make your own signature creation kind of sounds like that idea. So lastly, but not leastly, we have blended scotch, which makes up 90% of the scotch being made in Scotland right now. So definitely the one that we would know the most. With these, uh, the distillery is free to blend malts and grains, blend grain whiskeys with single malts and whatever combo that they want to make their own brand style. If this is all making your head spin, you're not alone. The way I remember them is usually the more expensive the bottle, the more likely it is to be single malt. If we can get it, it's probably a blended um, and, or, and or a single malt. So if it's cheaper and we can get it, it's probably a blended scotch. If it's expensive and we can get it, it's probably a single malt. All right, regions. I feel like this one's gonna go a little bit long today, guys, but we'll have to see. Regions. Just like any self-respecting alcohol-producing country, Scotland is divided into multiple distinctive regions. Um, Scotland is divided into five distinctive regions, though producers on the islands would protest would protest the Scotch Whiskey Association on that and say that they're, own, they're their own uh, separate and distinctive region. Traditionally, we have the Highlands, the Lowlands, Isla, and Campbellton. And in 2014, Speyside was added as that fifth uh, distinctive region. And like I said, the Northern Islands are a rather distinctive area, but are still classified as Highland distilleries. So just like wine regions, each of these regions has a distinctive style and flavor profile. So let's take a quick look and name some of their more famous distilleries. I'm going to start at the bottom of Scotland and work my way around clockwise on a map. So uh, most people start with the Highlands. I'm going to start with the Lowlands and work my way around. The Lowlands. Covering the lower belt and southern areas of Scotland, including Edinburgh, Glasgow, Fife, and Galway, there are 16 distillers that make malt scotches and seven that make green whiskeys in this region. So they're pretty prolific. They're not the biggest region, but they're definitely, they kind of bridge that gap between England and the rest of Scotland. Don't tell any of my Scottish relatives that I've said that. Um, they might put out a price on my head. So tasting wise, lowlands are softer and smoother with notes of ginger, cream, toffee, toast, cinnamon, and honeysuckle. So they're very approachable, and they're a little bit, um, I think they're really good for um, mixing into cocktails. Distilleries, you'll know. Akatoshin, if you want to know how to spell Akatoshin, it's A-U-C-H-E-N-T-O-S-H-A-N, Akatoshin. Clydeside and Glenkinnicky. So those are kind of like the three main ones that I definitely knew when I was reading the list. Um, the Scotch Whiskey Association has this beautiful map that lists them all in very small writing. I had to get very close to my computer screen to see it. Campbellton. Definitely the smallest region of all. It used to comprise over 30 distilleries um, just in this one little area, but now it's down to just three. So they went from being one of the largest and originally definitely the largest to now being the smallest, which is kind of sad. But tasting notes-wise, you get... Uh, wet wool. Mm, yummy. Okay, so as somebody who has sheep, I actually really like the smell of wet wool, and it kind of brings back some memories for me. Salty notes. Um, they're a little bit more towards the sea. Smoke, vanilla, toffee, and fruit. So apples, pears, and dried figs. 
all three distilleries, whether you know them or not, Glen Gyle, Glen Scotia, and Springbank. Personally, I've only ever seen Springbank, um, and that was only when I was working at West, so uh, it could could be a little bit harder to find Campbellton ones, but actually, I think I've seen Springbank here in Nova Scotia as well. So fun fact, uh, before we go any further, because Glen is going to come up a whole lot, Glen is Gaelic for Narrow Valley. So originally, the distilleries needed to be near water um, to have their own water source, and water is in streams or rivers. Rivers make valleys, hence Glen. Similar to the Welsh word aber, which means at the mouth of the river, glen just means narrow valley. So when you're looking at a bottle and they say glen this or glen that or glen this or glen that, it just means that they're in a narrow valley. Up next, for our next region, we have Isla. Isla is spelled I-S-L-A-Y. Uh, and Isla is an island on the western side of the Hebrides. Um, it's a tiny little island that's made up of nine distilleries. Seriously, guys. It's a tiny little island. It's 25 miles long and 8 miles wide. It's, it's puny. Like, it's tiny. Uh, but it has nine distinctive distilleries there. Tasting notes. It's pungent and peaty. These are where you get all of those kind of peaty, oaky, smoky notes. It's salty and it's peppery. These are definitely single malts that I avoid because I just don't like that flavor profile. So distilleries that you'll know. Balmore. Brucladi. Brucladi, spelled B-R-U-I-C-H-L-A-D-D-I-C-H. And Lagavulin, Lagavulin, L-A-G-A-V-U-L-I-N. Don't worry if the names of these kind of trip you up. Once you get kind of rolling in them and you know which style you like, it'll be a little easier because you can go, okay, I like Islas or I like Highlands or I like Islands or wherever you want to go, and you can kind of suss them out that way. The Highlands. Basically everything north of the Lowlands that isn't Isla or Campbellton. Uh, this is a huge area that includes 48 distilleries and does include, like I said, all those northern islands. Or 42 distilleries if you take out the six that are on distinctive and separate islands. Um, and I think that the islands definitely deserve their own tasting Um kind of ideals. So uh, Highlands, they taste, they do taste different. So the Highlands taste, tasting notes would be fruitcake. So you're getting that baking spice. So cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, allspice, cinnamon, and you're getting dried fruits. So candied, like candied dried fruits, oak, heather, and peaty smoke. Highland distilleries, um, some of the ones that you would know, Aberfeldy, A-B-E-R-F-E-L-D-Y, Delwini, D-A-L-W-H-I-N-N-I-E, Oban, O-B-A-N, our old lab was named Oban, and she was adorable, and she looked the same color as Oban Scotch, and Tomatin, T-O-M-A-T-I-N. Now the islands are the islands of Aran, so A-R-R-A-N, or Aran, Mull, M-U-L-L, Jura, J-U-R-A, Sky, S-K-Y-E, and Orkney, O-R-K-N-E-Y. These scotches are very briny or salty with notes of black pepper, honey, and heather. These are some of my favorite scotches. I love ones that come from the islands. Um, Distilleries that you may or may not know, Jura, 
Um, so the island of Jura, the only distillery on Jura is called Jura. Talisker, T-A-L-I-S-K-E-R. And Highland Park, which is on the island of Orkney. It's probably one of my favorite um, distilleries going and definitely a great value. And I totally recommend that if you can find a Highland Park that you pick it up. So lastly, we come to Speyside. It's a tiny chunk of the highland that clings to the River Spey, hence Speyside. It also boosts the most distilleries in a single region at 50 distilleries. These guys have these guys make up roughly half the scotches being made in Scotland. And Dufftown alone boasts six six distilleries. Those six distilleries make 40.4 million liters of scotch a year. That's a lot of scotch in one little space. Tasting note-wise, you're going to get apples, vanilla, nuts, like pecans and walnuts, honey, and pears with some peaty notes. Distilleries, you'll know. Speyside, yep, someone took the name. Abelor, A-B-E-R-L-O-U-R. Craggenmore, C-R-A-G-G-E-N-M-O-R-E. And just about everything with the Glen, including Glenfiddich, Glenlivet, and one of my more favorite ones, the McClellan, so M-C-M-A-C-A-L-L-A-N. So guys, what's your favorite scotch? Tell me your favorite scotch or region on this podcast post over at the website, drinkswithally.com, D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I.com. So with that, if you guys want to get a hold of me, again, you can uh, reach me at the website, either on this podcast post or with the contact me form. You can send me an email, drinkswithally at gmail.com. So D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I at gmail.com or on all the social social medias. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, uh, Pinterest, and Spotify. There will be a Spotify playlist up for you, all your Burns Night needs tonight. Um, And they're all at Drinks with Allie. So with that, guys, fill your glass with something tasty. Cheers, everyone.